everybody. Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 190. And Aaron, we lied. We're back in these little boxes. Uh, it will be hopefully in the next one or two shows. I think we're, I think we're, we're so close. I wish we could share some more of, uh, images with you guys. The set it, it's looking really, really good. It's just not quite pieced together yet. Uh, it is coming along. Uh, we cannot wait. I am just so excited seeing some of the progress images that Super Producer Jason has been throwing uh, our way. Uh, so looking forward to that. But here we are, uh, and, and all is well. It's the the same thing that we've been doing. I'm sure you guys are used to it by now. Uh, Aaron, what do you think uh, about our our background soon changing? Are you excited as I am? Yes, I'm really sick of the void and being <laughs> in my garage. I'd rather be in somebody else's garage. So that's what I'm excited for. <laughs> I think you uh, fell farther into the void, apparently, because you're yeah. a little bit smaller. Then he won't be able to do that uh, to see, me either. Uh, Peter St. John says, evening, boys. Evening, Peter St. John. How are you doing? Yes, this is a uh, the rare Tuesday Fin Factor episode. We had uh, a game uh, yesterday, and we didn't want to run it too late. We did that last week, and uh, I think 10 o'clock start, maybe just a little too late for some of you fine folks. So we decided to help you out. In fact, why don't you see if you can help out some other Sharks fans? Please retweet, repost, share, get us out there to the Sharks fans and family. Let them know that we are live and the chat is open and available for them to go ahead and start throwing some comments in there. Get a good little chat going. That would be excellent and awesome. We would certainly appreciate that. Uh, and again, uh, if at any point during the show you like what you're seeing, please hit the thumbs up button. So that would be excellent and appreciated. Um, Aaron. Nick HBK says Minnesota, Chicago, and Edmonton all won tonight. The Sharks are number one. And by that, of course, he means number 32. Celebrini, right? Celebrate for Celebrini. That's I don't know what, what it I'm is. planning on. Tank for Celebrini. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the Sharks are still leading the pack. I'm sure they will be. I'm looking at a little bit. I don't, well, leading the pack towards the number one overall is what I'm saying. But I think uh, we're going to see some some my favorite were market correction coming soon so i think uh the sharks are kind of chasing some of these guys and possibly get out of the basement in the next week or two there's a chance it could happen before new year's that the sharks are no longer the worst team in the nhl and then a lot of fans will be upset that they're not losing enough so that they don't get the overall first overall pick but i don't know i i want to see them play Basically, the game that they played yesterday, I want to see them do that more often. I don't care if they win or lose, but as long as they play well, I'm, I'm, it's entertaining and it's satisfying that, you know, they did their, maybe not so much their best, but they played as the best game that they could. And even if they don't get the results, at least uh, they worked hard for it. You know what I mean? Hard work. I want to see the hard work. I too want to see the hard work. So I guess this probably isn't the best saying here. Noah Claxton slacking for Macklin. I don't want us to be slacking, but uh, certainly do want us to not uh, not rack up the points. Uh, Kellen Foster says, sell out for Celebrini. I don't mind that one either. That one's not bad. But uh, going back up to uh, Noah's earlier comment regarding uh, Minnesota and Edmonton. The fact that Minnesota and Edmonton are near the Sharks in points is crazy considering the rosters they have and what we have. Absolutely. Uh, you take a look at our roster, and uh, it, it's a surprise some of them would even do well in the AHL. Uh, let alone the fact that they're on the NHL roster. And some of these guys are actually kind of picking it up a little bit here. Uh, we talked about uh, Zetterlin, Ty Emerson getting a first goal, uh, things like that happening. So, uh, you know, good on them, hard work paying off. But there's no denying that our roster is certainly less talented than a lot of the other rosters uh, that are 
near the bottom there. Obviously, Edmonton being the shining example of that. Um, but uh, I, I see here also Nick saying these guys are great big phonies. I'm assuming that is regarding the uh, the what do you call it? The set. The set. And, uh, we yeah. are not phonies. We are just not punctual. There's a difference, Nick. Thanks for that. A lot of work. All right. It's a lot of work. It, it is. And we're, we're doing it for you guys. So be patient with us if you can. Thank you. Uh, the winning slide is making me fear that Celebrini will fall into a different team's hands. Absolutely, Kellen. Remember, it is a draft lottery. And even if you are the 32nd team, it doesn't guarantee you squat. Just talk to I just, listen. I would. <laughs> I don't think the Sharks are going to get Celebrini. Even if they're the worst team in the NHL, what's going to happen? They're going to lose the lottery. and they're not The fix is on, it. Aaron? Yeah. It's not so much a fix. It's just the odds are against you. You have a what? Is it a 25% chance that you get first overall with the being the worst? So you have a 75% chance of not getting it. I don't know. I'm fine with the top three. Give me a top three pick. I'm fine with that. Even if they are fifth and sixth in the standing, and all of a sudden they win a lottery and get second overall, I'd be fine with it. I'm fine yeah. with it. Well, Kellen here, one last comment. We'll start jumping in. Uh, says, I'm glad they're playing a competent version of hockey versus the hockey coming out of the last episode of the Fin Factor, a.k.a. the HR meeting episode. Well, Kellen, you have successfully segued perfectly into the first game we're going to talk about because it was one of these HR meeting uh, games. I guess you post game, we call it. Um, this is the Sharks at Seattle 7-1 drubbing. Uh, obviously not as bad as 10-1 or 10-2 or whatever those scores were, but... We just stunk. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Super Producer Jason might have a new favorite clip uh, after all said and done here. But uh, yeah, Aaron, you had a question here saying, I thought we were done with these. Uh, why don't you go ahead, uh, chat a little bit about this, and then we'll go ahead and throw that clip up because it is gold. It's it, This game was brutal, man. This is like uh, almost worse than that 10, 10 those two, that two 10 goal games that they gave up. Um, it was it was six nothing before the sharks scored, so they made it six to one. It was never close. Uh, four nothing after the first period, second period they just didn't show up. They didn't compete. They didn't do anything. It was ugly. They did not want to be there. And Seattle's not even like it's not like it went up against a powerhouse team like Vegas or Boston or someone you know that that's just dominant and the top three team in the league. This is like a not not saying Seattle's bad either, but they're not winning blowout games like this. Like this should never have happened. So this is just embarrassing. This is so bad, so bad. And I thought I thought we were done. I thought they weren't going to have any more blowouts. And this was by far like, man, I thought actually Quinn was going to get fired after this game. I was genuinely thinking that, OK, those, you know, those t- two 10 goal games, he's on thin ice kind of. Not so much like it's his fault, but at this point, the players aren't listening to him. It's not working. They should hire someone else or get rid of him and have someone else come in so they're not getting so embarrassed. So I thought for sure he was going to be gone, which I don't want him to be. I think he's a fantastic coach. And um, But um, you know how the National Hockey League is. So, uh, But that's not what happened. And his... You want to segue into what we're going to talk about next? Well, you just talked about him potentially getting fired. Isn't that what we were talking about in the last episode to to bring up uh, Kellen Foster's point there, right? The the HR episode, he calls it. But I mean, yeah, that's that's what we were thinking was, is, is he going to get the axe for this? You know, my goodness. And, and relating it to another team in the basement, Edmonton right now, they did the same thing. They unloaded their coach. Now, 
Connor came out and said, you know, he hadn't lost the room. And I don't think that that Quinn necessarily has lost the room here either. But, you know, sometimes they just need to have a shakeup. Something needs to happen. And, and moving on from the coach uh, sometimes can be a lot easier than moving on from individual players. And in the Sharks case, I don't think that would be the case because, again, there's a lot of them that are, you know, AHL level players. And um, if we lose one here or there, it's not a big deal. But is that going to make a big change in the way that they're playing the game? Probably not. Right. Uh, I think that it, it sends a much bigger message when the coach gets canned and the players are like, man, that's our fault. Right. So um, it, I, I think that is just a more powerful message now. This is the part that I cannot wait for you guys to see. And I hope that you guys did uh, retweet and all that stuff. Share us out there because I want as many people seeing this as humanly possible in case they didn't during the post game. Because, oh, my goodness, um, this is Coach Quinn's reaction, post game reaction to this game. And it is solid gold. Uh, all the emotion. I love it. Please, Super Producer Jason, roll it. Embarrassing. We weren't ready to play. Two breakaways in the first minute and a half. I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. I mean, we lost every single battle. Got beat off walls. Every time there was a 50-50 puck battle, we're fishing for pucks, get on the wrong side of it. One guy would get beat one-on-one, and the other guy would dive in. It was embarrassing. Can you say any reason as to why I guess you guys started off this way again? Well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have. Uh, we would have started off better. So I'll find it out. But you no, know, our game's been trending, trending in the right direction, and this was just brutal. Yeah, I know there's times this year we've talked about how you know fragile the group can be. Is did you sense that in the first period where just one thing, bad thing led to another kind of thing? I don't want to hear about freaking fragile. Okay, it's a national freaking hockey league. And you better show up ready to play every freaking night. I don't care about fragile. Sometimes you don't have it. I get it. But you want to show up and play with the right freaking intentions, and we didn't do it. You got to come here and show up to play with the right freaking intentions, and not many guys did, if any. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Holy, yeah, he unloaded. I mean, he just a full you could see how frustrated he was up to this point in the season. And it all came to a head in this seven to one loss. And he just dumped on on the reporters. Holy. First of all, first of all, I want to thank Coach Quinn personally for using freaking uh, as often as he did, because this is a family friendly show, as you all know. And we'd love to be able to play these clips. So without him saying freaking. (laughs) There's no way we can put this up. Okay. So number one, uh, number two, well, Shang, <laughs> he just, he unloaded on Shang too. I mean, he was kind about it, but it was just like, man, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. And I, I love, mean. by the way, I love the uh, reference to fragile. I love, cause we even said this on the show. We said, you know, this, this group has been called fragile, whatever. And Curtis puts out that, you know, the, the group has been called fragile, whatever you could see as soon as, Curtis got that word out of his mouth. Coach Quinn was just like, oh, he just, oh, I cannot believe, to rip, I can't wait to rip it. And as soon as he had the opportunity, I don't want to hear about fragile. This is the National Freaking Hockey League. And it's like, yeah, you got a point, man. Like, you can't, at this point, and I think uh, uh, Hedekin said the same thing. You guys are supposed to be professionals. Be professional. This is This is your career. This is what you guys do. Be professionals. You don't have to win every single game, but you have to put the same level of effort out there every single night. 
as if you were going to win the game, as if you're thinking that you have a shot every single time. And these guys are not going out there acting professionally. And and this whole thing about being fragile, Coach Quinn's not having it. So, Aaron, again, for me, this was this was uh, I, I love seeing the real raw emotion come out and them saying exactly what how it is, laying it out. And, and not kind of sugarcoating it behind some, you know, random phrase that you hear all over and over again on these post-game interviews. He came out and he just laid into them. Tell me your impressions of this one. I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. <laughs> there it is. I, uh, I can't imagine the words that were used in the locker room behind closed doors after that game. Maybe even in between periods. Maybe not in between periods. I don't know. Um, I've been on the end of that conversation before. I have a funny story to tell about that. Back in high school, my senior year, we played a team. This is in soccer, and we played, and our team was dominant. At this point, I think we were 10 and 0, just rolling through teams. We go into Half Moon Bay, and it's freezing cold, and we just completely nonchalantly play through this game. We uh we go down one nothing. They score on me. I get like handcuffed. I couldn't get my hands on the ball. They score on me, and we were like in shock. Like, what just happened? This team is not good, and they're defeating us. We luckily tied it with maybe a minute left in the game. So we ended with a 1-1 tie, preserve our unbeaten streak. We get back, and uh, we pretend like basically like nothing happened. And our coach was livid, absolutely livid. Um, we drive all the way the bus back from Half Moon Bay, back to Bellarmine. We uh, were about five minutes away, and the coach gets up and just screams at us like everybody off the bus go to the locker room right now normally we just go home like okay so we go in the locker room we were in there for over an hour because he was yelling at us and mind you this was uh right after new year's and his new year's resolution was not to swear (laughs) i'm not making this up (laughs) his new year's resolution he thought he swore too much so his, his resolution was not to swear he forgot all about it the first 45 minutes and then um, our assistant coach got lost on the way home. So he was waiting for him to show up. And so he just kept going. And then about 45 minutes in, he realized, oh, I'm not supposed to be swearing because it's you know my New Year's resolution. So then he switched from swearing to not swearing. And it all just kind of made us like, this is weird. And I had to cover my mouth because I was like, I've never been berated so much by an adult at that point in my life. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't. I, I'm smiling because I'm in shock and disbelief how many swear words are coming out of there. Um, <laughs> and then our, our assistant coach finally shows up and he throws it to him. And our assistant coach is like, I don't know what else to add here. Like, there's just nothing else to add because it was so such a terrible game. It's so bad. And it worked for our team. Like from that point on professional, we steamrolled everybody, went undefeated, whatever. Um, but it is it is. I don't know if awkward's the right word. Because your coach is someone that you respect and and almost like love, like in a fatherly way, kind of. Um, but sometimes you need to get told what's up and put in your place. And they they only have the best intentions. They're not trying to dress you down and be mean about it unless their last name is Babcock. But um, they uh, they have their best intentions. And I think it worked because no GM meeting this time. I think he still holds the room. And is just fine. So I think his job security is is doing well now. So there's a long roundabout story there. I don't want to hear about freaking fragile, okay? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, Super Producer Jason got uh got some good clips out of that one. So he's <laughs> he's got another we're not gonna 
We're not going to expose. But yes, he has another one. You well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have. Uh, we would have started off better. <laughs> Again, same thing. He respects the media. He likes Shang. They're good friends. They're yeah. Good movies, but, I mean, we just stunk into the coach right after getting shellacked again for the third time in the season like ah. I mean just absolutely freaking embarrassing oh man I get, this whole show is just going to be sitting here crying laughing if he keeps doing this talking to oh you know I can't lie it was you know a lot last you know month and I think I spoke better more clearly than that come on man Oh, my God. Um, yeah, talking about Coach Quinn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Peter St. John. We just played the clips. If you didn't hear the clips, I don't know where you were, buddy. You were here at the beginning of the show. Um, okay, Aaron, a positive from this game uh, was that Hoffman <laughs> scored the one goal. And you're high on Hoffman right now, aren't you? I, I don't know if high is the right word, but we were very, very down on him in the beginning of the season. He was doing absolutely nothing. This is an offensive guy that was not producing offense. So, of course... He was on the hot seat in a way of, um, I mean, he got scratched a couple of games too because he wasn't doing anything. So he finally gets on the scoreboard. This is his fourth goal of the season. He's kind of on a roll in the last what two weeks or so. He's got, he's up to six goals now, um, which is leading the Sharks. Is that crazy? What was yes. it two weeks ago? He had zero, and now he's leading the team. I mean, it says a lot about the Sharks because they don't have that many top goal scorers. But this is what he was brought in to do: be a goal scorer score goals and hopefully move on to a contender at the trade deadline and get some kind of asset back to the sharks. So um, this bodes well in the long run for the sharks because his value is going back up instead of going down. Um, But yeah, good, good for him to at least score and get on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving on from that game, the sharks play against uh, Montreal and San Jose and they lose, but it's a shootout loss. So it's a tie. Uh, Come on, call it what it is. It's a tie. I'm gonna call exactly what it is. Three shootout two shootout loss. loss. Please, it's a coin toss. It's so stupid. I mean, just, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. <laughs> the shootout that is was so not dumb. embarrassing I'm, though. I'm so sick of the shootout. Get rid of it. It's a tie. Just give it a tie. I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't. I, I'm not. I, I don't necessarily like the shootout, but I don't want it to end in a tie. There's got to be another way. I just I don't like her like, oh, there goes their winning streak because they lost in a shootout or, oh, they extended their streak because they won in a shootout and they counted as a win, which I think is stupid, too. I just don't like it. It's dumb. I, 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 I don't want ties. So if you could figure out a way to not have ties and not have the shootout without having to do, you know, five periods of extra hockey, then you don't you don't watch enough soccer. That's your problem. No, that's not my problem at all. You know, there's ties in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't care. NFL's boring. I don't watch that. That's why I do this show. Wow. Well, it's what it is, buddy. Uh, but yeah, the the Sharks have a 3-2 overtime loss because that's what it is. Okay. Uh, but during regulation, no, I, yes, I, I, absolutely I, tied. So Not overtime loss. I mean, sorry, shootout loss. My bad. Thank you. Thank you. That's different. Now, that's different. Yes. I'll, I'll agree with you. It's different. You're right. 100%. Um, but Hoffman scores again in this one. So do you think maybe the uh, the yelling and screaming maybe uh, at least helped Hoffman? I mean, he scored in that game before the yelling and screaming, but maybe he was dealing with some kind of, eh, maybe not an injury. I don't think he ever like, was out injured. I mean, he had some chances. Remember early in the season, we were talking about how he snapped one, hit the crossbar, doesn't even count as a shot on goal. So yeah. like he was, he was close. I think he just, he's a goal scorer. He's going to streak. He's going to get goals 
like like this two weeks he's been scoring goals in almost every game now he's going to go another five games with no goals and then go back it's just kind of like riding a wave so yeah i don't think he's going to keep this pace up obviously but i would expect at this point the way he's scoring hopefully he can break 20 goals this year that would be nice for him yeah that'd be really nice because uh again a 20 goal score uh, is is easily shipped off to another team to bring back uh, some sort of asset that's going to help us for our futures. So there you go. Uh, Peter St. John says, any, oh, I'm sorry, Kellen Foster says, yeah, watch more so- soccer. Arsenal, top of the table. That's right. Yeah, I, soccer's that. just not my thing, man. I can't, I can't handle the ginormous field, and I can't handle the constant flopping. Like, there's just no, there's no What's sense that? of honor. You Among just watch people. All you do is watch highlights of people flopping, which is from all around the world. Wrong. Different. I have been to Buffalo Wild Wings and I have watched games on the TV. And I swear to you, every two minutes, no. it's somebody rolling around because they got shot in the face or bit by a scorpion or stung by a scorpion or bit by a snake. Something happened and they're near death every single time. This is why oh, I man, watch hockey. EPL. Watch the EPL every Saturday morning. This is why I watch hockey, where you watch the NHL and some guy takes a slap shot in the leg, breaks it, finishes the penalty kill, and then hobbles off to the bench. I don't want to hear about freaking fragile, okay? That's right. Fragile. your horizons, my friend. (laughs) Branch out. I'll watch indoor soccer. I'll do that. When you you play, you let me know, and I'll come watch you play sometime. I just played a game tonight. (laughs) There you go. Get on with it. <laughs> Fine, we'll get on with it then. Uh okay, Montreal 3-2 shootout loss. Uh nothing really to say there otherwise Hoffman scored, but um was there anything else that you thought was interesting about this game and I thought it, it was a good game. I thought they played well against Montreal. They just and Montreal's not a strong team. Uh, this is one last week that we said they could probably beat. Um and it's funny as they didn't and they ended up beating the two stronger teams that we thought originally were the stronger teams. So no, that's it. All right. Moving right along. Sharks against Vancouver. Uh, this is a 4-3 win. The 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 odd win this season that we've had. We've actually picked up quite a few. And we'll uh, talk a little bit about that uh, shortly here, actually. But Very important. 4-3 regulation win. Regulation win. Yes, that's in the row column. There you go. So and Ty Emerson. column. The ROW, yes, the row. No, no, no. There's an RW and an ROW column. Oh, they added a column this year. Uh, it's been there for a couple oh, has years. It? Yeah, because you can't count the overtime and shootout, or you can't count the overtime wins, so it's just regulation wins. Then it's regulation overtime wins, and then it's wins, which includes shootouts. It's just ridiculous. This oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot last you know, month, and Super producer Jason, his finger's on the button tonight, dude. I'm telling you. Patrick Cabral says, I am dying. I No doubt it has something to do with either the soccer argument or Super producer Jason just playing those buttons like a keyboard right now. Uh, so, yeah, Ty Emerson getting his first uh, career goal. Awesome. Good for the young man. Um, you know, it's one of those guys that I didn't know what to expect out of him from this season. Um, certainly a good AHL defenseman, but he's come in. I thought he's... He's looked good. He's impressed, and he gets one uh, this time around. Not exactly known as a goal scorer, I don't think, but uh, certainly nice to get your first one done and out the way. They got the puck out of the net for him and everything, so uh, it was a good one for Ty. Yeah, first career goal, too. 
like not just for the season, but for his career. So uh, they went and grabbed that puck for him, and he has a hard shot. He might have one of the hardest shots on the Sharks. In fact, I think there's a stat where you can look that up now on, on the NHL's new, like, I don't know, freakish stats. They keep track of all this stuff. Um, I sh- I'll look that up for next week's show. Who has the hardest slap shot or the hardest shot, I guess, on the Sharks? Um, but he hit that one pretty good. Yeah, I was excited. I'm glad to see him. Nice. Uh, Zetterland also scores. They score from the slot. Now, you like his ability to find the high danger areas, yeah? Yeah, he's got really good, um, I don't know, spatial awareness to get open just for that split second, get enough to get his shot off. And he's been, I would say, most of his goals have been coming from those high danger areas. So he's the guy that is not afraid to go in the middle. Uh, in fact, the game that he had scored in the Washington game, which we're talking about in a little bit, um, same thing. It was a rebound, but he stopped in front of the net instead of skating by the net and picked it up and scored it. So, um, Zetterlin is looking good. And last season when they, they trade him, he's part of the team of Meyer trade that he's part of the piece that came back. Um, I remember there was, I think a New Jersey fan in our show at the, at that trade last season saying that you'll like Zetterlin. Um, it took him a little while to kind of adjust. And he even admitted that over the summer that it was a shock to him to be traded. And it was hard for him to come into a new city. He knows nothing about San Jose. Probably didn't even know where it was. And, um, you know, getting thrown into the wolves and having to, having to produce and perform and probably doesn't even have an apartment at that point. So it's, it's the human aspect of it was probably very tough on him. Um, And he never scored a goal. I don't think in the what 20 ish games that he played for the sharks at the end of last season. So uh, for him to get six now is amazing and good for him. And well, this was his fifth goal in this game, but he got another one the next game. Um, But he's finding ways to get open and the sharks are finding ways to get him the puck. I think, who gave him this one? Who fed it to him? Um, is that a hurdle? Hurdle got him the, the the open shot here. So hurdles finding him, and I think he's got some pretty good, decent chemistry with uh, um, Ekman too. Uh, Eklund, sorry, Ekman. Yeah. <laughs> Eklund. Um, I think they play well together, and that could be the Swedish connection there. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Eklund right now is probably the best playmaker on the team, just being able to uh, manage the puck, handle it, and uh, find those guys that are getting into those those open areas. In this case, it was Hurdle uh, finding Zetterlin for that fifth goal in the season. Um, and when we look at the next game, Sharks against Washington, a 2-1 win. But in this one, the lineup was shaken up just a little bit here. Uh, no, no hurdle. Uh, this time around, as we were just talking about hurl here, so he had a, a mid body injury. Is this a yeah. thing, Aaron? What what is mid body? I've never heard that before. It's usually upper or lower. I've never heard mid body. So, is that both? Is that basically you're saying it's somewhere in? I guess obviously in the middle. It's not. It's not his ankles, and it's not his C- head. Elvis, right? Could be a. <laughs> could be a yeah, stomach. Could be. I don't want to hear about freaking fragile. Okay. <laughs> groin injury i don't know man like it could be a lot of things it, again silly thing the nhl does just tell everyone <laughs> who cares this is stupid i understand maybe in the playoffs you don't want to tell anyone like you know if they come back within a game or two you don't want anyone to know that you have a broken wrist or a broken thumb or something that's fine but during the season like just enough with the secrecy it's so stupid so i'm sick of it you can tell I'm just annoyed. I'm, I'm yeah. very annoyed tonight. I don't know why. Tell us how you really feel, Aaron. I just, blah, blah. Could be so much better. 
there's so much potential to make this better. And they just turn around and shoot themselves in the foot. Well, that that would be a lower body injury. But Aaron, I think you can understand with Couture at this point uh, for them to say something about what it is because he's been out for so long. I can understand with Hurdle uh, if he's only going to be out for a game or two or whatever. Yeah, sure. Kind of be a little bit more uh, generalized about uh, what the issue is, upper, lower, mid, whatever else, because, you know, you don't want other teams to know about that. And then they go after your guy and then he gets injured again and et cetera, et cetera. Like that I can understand, even if it's not playoffs. Uh, but for, like I said, for Couture, it makes more sense to me. He's been out for the whole season, you know, 20, you know, 20 games or whatever it is. So it would make sense, you know, to just say, Hey, this is what, what the issue was. Um, and he's not going to be back for a very long time. So that is what it is. Uh, but with these ones, at least I can understand Now Zadina was also on the IR. Do we know why he was on the IR? I forget what his deal was. Uh, I think they said upper body, but it was, um, it was kind of a nagging injury. And I think, and that was probably affecting his performance in the last week or so. And they finally just put him on IR so he can get healthy. Gotcha. Probably just banged up. Um, further changes to the lineup. Vlasic was scratched in this game as well. And then you know, I just looked. Vlasic was also scratched in Seattle, Montreal, played in Vancouver and did not play in Washington. So of this game, this week, he played one game. Yeah, but it was a win. One of them was a win. Uh, that, uh, the one that he played in, that was a win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in any case, uh, again, other changes to the lineup. Bailey, is it Justin Bailey? Justin Bailey. Because there's another Bailey that I think was with uh, Josh. the Islanders a while ago. I don't know. Josh Bailey is on yeah, the Islanders. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Justin Bailey. I was at the Barracuda game on Saturday and he was playing. Mm. And he stood out in that game partially because he's enormous. He's six foot four, I think. So he just stands out on the ice as a big guy, but he's fast. He is for his size, he's quick. Um, and I think that that gives him an advantage, really, uh, even at the NHL level. So I thought he looked pretty. He looked good at the Barracuda game. Uh, that game was oh, so disappointing. The Barracuda go up two nothing. I think at the first period, just absolutely dominated that first period. The other team barely is uh, Ontario Rain, uh, the LA Kings affiliate, barely had a shot like in that period. And then the second and third period, they just sat on their heels, didn't even try. And they came back and they lost three to two. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's like, oh my God, it's like watching the Sharks. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. You're supposed to be better than that. But there's but. consistency between the AHL and the NHL, right? The, sure. This is me trying to pull as many positives as I possibly can, Aaron. Okay. Got to have a good attitude about this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, in this game, now you said he he gets an assist and uh, a go ahead uh, on the go ahead uh, power play goal. Uh, good on him for getting a point in his uh, first time out here with the Sharks, right fresh off a of contract. Um. And, and he was noticeable. And there was a, mm-hmm. specifically there was a play that I think Brett Hedekin had called out during uh, during the broadcast where he was in deep in the offensive zone took a hit or would went down something to the effect where he was kind of like slowed down inside deep in the offensive zone, like behind the net. And they started breaking it out. Washington did. And here comes Bailey flying up the middle of the ice. And I mean, he caught up to the puck carrier. He got in behind his own D uh, and was able to get the puck and, and knock it up and out the zone again. And the, the hustle on this guy was just outstanding. And again, this I think is exactly what co- uh, sorry, GM uh, Mike Greer and Coach uh, uh, Quinn want to see 
from their players. Like, even if we're not going to win this game, I want you to go up and down as hard as you can back and forth on this rink, hustling as if it doesn't matter what the score is, as if you're down by one the entire game. I want you guys playing like that. And this is exactly what Bailey brought. So um, hopefully we see a little bit more of him uh, because I think he's just, just the type of guy that uh, Mike Greer is is hoping uh, all of the players will kind of emulate that same hard work, that same effort. Uh, I'm just I'm happy to see this guy getting his opportunity, getting his shot. So uh, good on him. Now there was a uh, the, the tying goal that went in here it was one the one one uh, tying goal uh, was it was as you said brutal here and it goes off of a Hoychuk or Okoychuk. How do you pronounce this name? <laughs> I think it's Okoychuk. They were talking about on the broadcast how uh, they everyone has kind of different sayings, and they even asked him before the game, and he said it one way, and then said it another way when he was at the Barracuda. So it might be one of those things that uh, I think Rusinowski told us about that before on a show on our show, how some players will kind of mess with the media yeah. and tell them one way, and then it's it's completely different. So I don't know if that was what he was doing, but um, a Hoychuk. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, it goes off it, of a uh, big O and uh, <laughs> goes in, in the back of the net. It's unfortunate. You know, uh, Blackwood, I think it was, was just playing so well. And this thing bounced off the thigh or wherever it hit him. Uh, and and Blackwood's like doing a backstroke, trying to glove mm-hmm. this thing down. And it was so close. Um, yeah, I mean, very close to having a shutout on, on this game. So um, it was just really unfortunate that that one went in. Uh, but Aaron, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the reins on this one as well. Cause I know you love this and super producer Jason is ready to press that button. So fire away, buddy. You're supposed to introduce the clip, but that's okay. Go ahead. I was about to Luke Cunning with the goal. It wasn't quite a garbage goal, but it was a pretty nice goal. Um, uh, and it was on the, <laughs> it was on the power play. This one, Bailey uh, makes a f- really good play on this puck. They, it was a uh, four-checking play. They get the puck battle in the corner, and Bailey skates away with it kind of at the, um, the goal line coming towards the goal from the boards and passes it quickly off to Cunning, who had the angle because he's a right-handed shot, and uh, hit it on the far post from the goalie and uh, beat him. What is that? His blocker side. So... Um, a really nice goal. It was such a quick bang, bang play uh, and put the Sharks ahead two to one with what less than eight minutes left in the game. So it was like, wow, the tides are turning. The Sharks score on the power play for one and two give a go ahead goal. So uh, absolutely amazing that um, that whole play and super reduced Jason got to do the uh, the thing. <laughs> No, go ahead. You want to read it? Yeah, Noah Claxton with 499 in the super chat. Thank you so much, Noah. I appreciate you supporting the show. It says SPJ, Super Producer Jason, you outdid yourself with the Quinn clips. I've never laughed so much on a stream. Hey, Noah, thank you so much. Appreciate you supporting the show. And Super Producer Jason, uh, your efforts are uh, certainly getting some attention here and are very appreciated uh, by the chat. If you guys have enjoyed the stuff that Super Producer Jason's been doing with, uh, I mean, the whole production really is all him. We just sit here and talk. If, well, uh, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have. Uh, we would have started off better. Which has nothing to do with what I was saying, but I like it anyway. If you guys are enjoying uh, Super Producer Jason doing what he does, please, if you could throw some uh, flames in the chat there for him, I'm sure he would appreciate that. 
Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? We'll go ahead and we'll just let everybody know. You can do the same thing that Noah Claxton just did. Uh, you can support the show with the Super Chat function. You can also do that with Venmo at The Fin Factor. Put it a, a comment just like Noah did, and we'll read it out uh, during the show. And um, we got another thing here from CJ. I'll get back to CJ in a second. Yeah, but we'll go ahead and read that out. And then, um, you know, again, that's a great way to uh, help support the show. And uh, again, we do appreciate you very much, Noah. Thank you for that. You know, there's another guy in here who we haven't seen in a long time. And I'm trying to find Lundy. <laughs> Lundy's in the chat. We haven't seen Lundy in a while. And he says, how many times I say Braun before they acknowledge it? Fine, Lundy. I acknowledge that you're here. And that you said Braun. Yes, Braun and Pickles were epic. They were, and now they're not. So there you go. <laughs> Braun's oh, retired. Yeah. He? I think What's Braun that? retired. Braun yeah. retired. Yeah, he's not playing anymore. No, he's done. Yeah. Uh, but yes, once again, Noah, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you supporting the show um, very, very much. Oh, he's got the tears going on. I think he, hopefully he's laughing. Uh, otherwise... I don't know what I did wrong, but <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, the, the last thing about this game here, you say LeBanc go down awkwardly uh, in the boards. Now LeBanc, I think he had already because um, because of the slew foot from the previous week, he was already injured, uh, then came back. And then again, he goes down. Uh, I'm not saying this guy's made of glass or anything, but it just sucks <laughs> when you, when you're in and out of the lineup guy, because man. of constantly being injured. It was, it looked like his neck too, because the way his head, he got into the boards and his head kind of like this as he hit the boards like this way. And um, who was down on the boards? Was it uh, 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 Hedekin was down there? I think he was list or no, was it Hedekin or was it uh, Remenda was on that game? Drew. And he was, I think he was in between the two benches and he said that Ovechkin was complaining to the referee saying like he was fine. It's just a hockey play. It's not a penalty and he, he's not really hurt and all that. <laughs> like <laughs> clearly he was hurt. He went to the locker room. Um, looking on the replay, I was like, Ooh, I could see what happened. He probably got like a stinger. You know what I'm talking about? Like your head yeah. gets like tweaked just a little too much and you, and you like pull all these muscles on the neck. Um, I don't know if that's what happened, but that's what it looked like to me. So, uh, he went to the locker room. Poor guy just can't stay, can't stay healthy and can't not again. Not that he's not tough. That That's just rough. That sucks. Getting yeah. boarded basically. I don't want to hear about freaking fragile. Okay. <laughs> oh my god i'm so glad i asked you to to put those clubs together oh good stuff okay um sharks are now five i'm oh, sorry four five and one in their last 10 games we've got a graphic here um aaron better than vegas and anaheim you're saying uh fire away uh, their last 10 games, not like they're a better team. That's that's what I was talking about. <laughs> so Vegas's last 10 games, they are 3-4-3. Three, and three. They are not doing so hot. And who's the other one I said? You said Anaheim, Vegas and Anaheim. Anaheim, I mean, Anaheim's not really that high in the standings, but they started off hot. They're now 2-8 and eight in their last 10, whereas the Sharks are 4-5-1. and one. So some other stats here. Uh, going back to the market correction, what do Toronto, Seattle, Minnesota, and Chicago have in common with the Sharks? Any ideas, Paul? They are hockey teams. Very good. Woo! As well as they all have five regulation wins. Really? Yes. The Sharks have as many regulations wins as Toronto, Seattle, Minnesota, Chicago, and actually have more than Montreal, who they just lost to in the shootout, which is dumb. So Montreal only has three regulation wins 
So as bad as the Sharks seem this season, which they are bad, there are somehow teams worse. Maybe not in the standings quite just yet, but I think they're, we're going to see a market correction coming soon here. Uh, here's a tweet from Darren Stevens. Love Darren Stevens. If you're not following Shark Stats on Twitter, you should. And yes, it's Twitter, not X. SJ Sharks are 5-1-1 one, in their last seven home games. Their most home wins in a seven-game span since they went 5-2 and two from March 22nd to April 10th, 2021. That's amazing. Um, the Sharks have not been good at home in, uh, in the last, what, three seasons, two seasons? In fact, they're much better at home. They're 5-6-2 and two right now this season. On the road, they're 0-9. They've gotten zero points on the road. This is a very bad road team. I'm sure this is something that was said in the locker room by Greer because he kind of mentioned it after the fact, saying that their home record is not okay and it hasn't been for a while. He probably went in there and goes, you better play your butts off at home and show these fans at least something or they're just not going to come to the games anymore. You need to do something. It has to be entertaining. Who cares on the road as much? You know, win. Obviously, you try and win, but you put in maximum effort at home because these fans deserve more. I bet that was part of the message. Or maybe I'm just hopeful. But I think that was part of the message, and uh, it shows because they almost, almost have a 500 record at home. Noah Claxton says the optimistic factor. It's almost like you've been a part of the show since day one, (laughs) Noah. My goodness. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I say it's almost 500 hockey at home. And and I think we will see that by the end of uh, the before New Year's or, you know, by New Year's, by the end of the calendar year, it, they'll be over 500 at home. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I hope not, to be honest with you. I really hope not. Now, would it be nice to get some wins for the home crowd? Yes, absolutely. But gosh, what is the point of being the 12th worst team in the NHL? You know, like, I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they should go on a tear and end up in 17th place. So uh, here's here's OK, let's go back. Let's go back to I don't know. We know what episode it was, but there was an episode where we were talking about the amount of points that the Sharks were going to get by the end of the season. Do you think that there's still 68? I think was the number. Do you think that's still going to be bottom of the league? What? I said 68 points, and I was like, oh, man, after the first month, I don't know if they're going to get there. I don't know if they're going to get to 50. But they were on pace at one point for like 30 points in the season. That's ridiculous. That that will get blown out. I don't think that'll be like that. (laughs) Are you still feeling confident about that number? 68 or 30? Sure. (laughs) What's that? 68 or 30? 68. 68, I'm not feeling confident they're going to get to 68 points. I do think that will still be towards the bottom of the league, though. Gotcha. And you know what? I am going to derail the conversation. One one minute here. Kellen Foster says Gregor is scoring. Was there a bet in place for Gregor scoring this season? You know what's funny is Aaron brought this up right before we went live. He said, oh, Noah Gregor scored a goal. He did it for, for Toronto. Yeah. And I looked up the stats. Guess what? 20 games played, three goals scored. What does that mean? He's on pace for nine. Again, he's on pace possibly, for nine. Possibly 10. Possibly 10. The guy is a one-time 10-goal scorer. He's going to go right back. Market correction, to use your words, going right back to nine. I'm telling you. Oh, man. The day he gets 10. If he gets 10 again, it's going to come right back to me. I know. (laughs) You guys are just rallying me up. You're going to wear that that jersey on the set for that that day. (laughs) 
All right, we're done with that one there. Let's do a roll call here, and then we'll uh, move on to the, the last little. Well, not the last. We have a couple more topics, but we'll do a roll call. Okay, roll call. What city are you guys watching this from, and who do you think will lead the team in goals at the end of the season? Aaron, who do you think will lead the team in goals at the end of the season? Um, Man. Can't really use Hurdle because Hurdle is not even up there. I guess he's up there. He's got four he goals. Could, he could have a good finish. Don't forget that some of these guys right are getting traded. Hurdle is definitely not. I could see the way Zetterlin is playing. I could see him getting up there. I would say Hoffman too, but I think Hoffman would get traded. So he wouldn't be on the team by the end of the season. Some of these guys won't be here. Duclair is probably another one. Duclair is a guy that I thought could be leading the team, but um, I'm gonna say Zetterland right now. I think Hurdle's becoming more of a setup guy. He's also playing against much stiffer competition since he's on the top line. Yeah, so he's getting shut down more. So I think Zetterland and on the power play, man, he's he's looking good getting into that into those high danger areas, and he's been looking good for consistently. So I'm gonna go with Zetterland. How about you? Peter St. John is poking the bear right now. Fresno, California. I'm going with Noah Gregor. <laughs> oh man yeah you know honestly for me i'm not even sure uh who that might be because of guys getting traded but hey even remember this it, let's say hoffman scores 20 goals and then gets traded he might still be at the end of the season the team leader in goals man you never know what sumella is that what you're laughing about <laughs> yeah noah claxton saying sumella is gonna lead the team he's not even in the nhl anymore let alone the Sharks. Um, you know, I, I could definitely see Zetterlin as long as he's sticking alongside, uh, what's his name, uh, Eklund. I think mm-hmm. as long as he, he's alongside Eklund and he's they're playing with uh, Hurdle, who's one of the better face-off guys, who's one of the more creative players, who's one of the heavier guys with the biggest butts on the team. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those types of things uh, help that line get uh, very productive. And I think that's one of the things that is going to help uh, Eklund uh, find those guys and, and hit them with good passes. And I think Zetterlin is really taking advantage of some of the plays that uh, Eklund's able to make. Um, and then, of course, playing alongside a guy like Hurdle doesn't uh, hurt as well. So um, I don't know when, when Couture comes back, uh, where they're going to slot him exactly and who his line mates will end up being. But it sounds like right now, Hurdle, Zet- Hurdle Zetterland, and uh, Eklund uh, is kind of a match made in heaven for this team, at least. I don't know. Do you think they'll break them up? I think Couture will be second line center. That's my guess. Yeah. And uh yeah, they'll break I I I don't think they'll play them together. Um I don't honestly know if Couture is going to be coming back this season. Yeah. I have a feeling and I just read something a couple what a week or two week or two they ago. They took the name off the the locker room. He doesn't even have a locker, your captain. Yeah, he's injured, but you would think that they would leave the captain's locker alone like I don't know. I, yeah, that's crazy to me. And I mean, obviously, I'm annoyed that there's zero updates on him. Um, there's some rumor going around that he broke his leg, but that, I don't think that's true at all. Um, I think uh, it's to me, it's like a soft tissue thing. So when I was at the game a couple weeks ago, I saw him. I was up in a box on the, the high sky boxes and he was in one of them, along with Hoffman, who was scratched that game um, and a couple of other guys that were injured. So they were watching in their suits and they stand out because they're 
freaking in suits watching the shark scene. Really, like, who are those guys? I'm like, oh, that's Couture. I actually took a picture of him too. Um, but he wasn't like hobbling around like in a boot or anything. So it wasn't anything broken or visual. Um, so it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that we don't see it and, or don't know about it. So, um, I don't know if he's coming back. Once I heard about the locker thing, it's like, Oh, that's, that's kind of bleak, man. It's not good. So, um, it's weird to see this team with no quote unquote, all-star players hurdle like the last game hurdle was out couture was out vlasic was out like all the names from the past were pretty much gone there were no holdovers from a couple years ago when the sharks were in the finals um let alone the conference finals in 2018 so uh this team is looking a lot different and feels a lot different it's kind of sad yeah uh you know it, it looks like there's kind of a consensus most people saying uh hoffman or zetterland uh, between the two and yeah I, I think 100% with Hoffman being the shooter that he that he is he seems to be returning to form uh, at least recently uh, and Zetterlin again I think Zetterlin is just capitalizing on playing with uh, two very good players uh, nothing wrong with that at all finding good uh, good soft spots like Aaron says mm-hmm. getting those high danger areas making sure that he's in uh, that open passing lane not just hanging out in front of the net with a defenseman standing in front of him right um, he's doing all the right things and he's capitalizing on it so you know good for him um, but yeah, I think, uh, for me personally, I think probably Zetterland Zetterland's probably going to be the guy. Um, but we will see. So we've got what another two th- or three fourths of the season uh, to go here. So we're a little ways off, but it's always nice to make these predictions nice and early and hear what you guys have to say as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, we're moving on from shark stuff a little bit here. There's a couple of things we want to talk about. I, I know some of you guys want to know about Corey Perry. We'll talk about that in a second, but first, uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury had the uh, Native American heritage uh, goalie mask that he was going to wear just for warmups. The league said no. Uh, he said, fine, I'll pay the fee. Or sorry, I don't know if he the league said no or the team had to say no. He said, fine, I'll pay the fee. And then he was going to go ahead and wear it. And the league stepped in again and said, if he wears it, we're going to have a very significant fine for the team as well. And he didn't want, he seems like a nice guy. He didn't want the team to have to deal with that. So it sounded like he wasn't going to do anything uh, in terms of wearing it. Turns out he wears the mask and nothing happened. This is a bad look for the league. This is a really bad look for the league. Again. Yeah. Again, they, they bobbled the whole thing originally with the, what was it? The, the, rainbow tape when they said yes. they couldn't use it then they backed off on that because they didn't even consult the players association with it they just you know drew a hard line in the sand without consulting anybody and then backtracked it later once again same thing happened backtracked it later okay we're not going to do that like it just it makes the league look weak, weak. super yeah. weak fragile if you will Fra- <laughs> i don't want to hear about freaking fragile okay you had to do it. You I had, had to. to do it, Aaron. I had to. I, uh, it's the league, it's nothing new with the NHL. The NHL has a yeah. history of doing just stupid stuff like this. Going back, like I'm talking back in the 70s, 60s, 50s, like just constantly doing just dumb stuff. It is constantly called a Mickey Mouse League for a reason. I mean, look at the the player safety. Did you see last week the guy who high-sticked another guy in the head Took a full swing and hit him in the helmet. Truba. He got fined $5,000. Which is the maximum allowable, I think. 
Yet the hard line is if you wear a Native American heritage mask in warm-ups. And your wife is of Native American heritage. That's the thing that killed me. It's like it's not like this is just a, like a thing of protest that some sort. It's his his wife is of Native American heritage. Like he should be able to put that on there without anybody saying a word, right? Yeah. It's he's it's related. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and the fact that the league put their foot down and then backed off anyway. Again, you're right. Makes them look incredibly weak. I don't think anyone, any of the players should take anything that the league says seriously regarding this stuff because they backpedal on, on the, the rainbow tape. They backpedaled on this thing with the helmet. Like they're bluffing They're and they're calling their bluff. They're calling their bluff every single time so far. And this is what in, in an attempt to not cause controversy, they are causing more controversy for themselves. (laughs) Yep. It's really what it comes down to. It's just ridiculous. And I wish the league would just kind of come off of it, to be honest with you. Um, someone had said, and maybe it was, I don't know if it was football or something. Maybe you, you might be able to speak better to this, um, that they have like one week where the players can just do anything they want in terms of um, expression or whatever else that it is. And they give them that opportunity to do it um, and just get it all out of your system right then and there. I don't, do you think that's a solution? for the nfl i think it's you can wear something on your shoes like it's so minimal it's like okay thanks or in your helmet Helmet i'm sure you'll tell us how soccer does it better but go ahead sock well sock i wouldn't say soccer does it better soccer if you pull because people used to pull their jerseys off all the time when they score a goal and they would have another shirt on with a message underneath so now you get a yellow card if you pull your shirt off you could still do it but it'll kind of hurt your team then if you already have a yellow card then it's a red card and you're gone so is it worth it yeah, they still do it sometimes, but just you're gonna it's an automatic yellow card now. So it'd be like taking a penalty in, in hockey, right? Like I don't know. So um I don't to do it better. Um I don't think they should have backtracked on the on the Pride Nights or any of the nights. Like it should have been as it was last year, and then make it not mandatory for the players. If they don't want to do it, they don't want they don't have to do it. But I don't think they should make such a big deal about players not doing it if they don't want to. to I me. think that's the media, though. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. The media was making it. I think the media made it worse because they put so much pressure yes. on players that just don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. That's fine. But the way, like, going back to what James Reimer did last season. Yeah. Announce it a week before. Like, he told him, this is getting back off track, but he told, he said that he spent an entire year thinking about this. And yet he announced it, what, an hour before the game or whatever, warm-ups before the game that he wasn't going to do it. It's like, come on, man. Like, you knew you weren't going to do it. Announce it a week earlier so that way the media goes after you then and not during the actual day. And then whatever event it is, and that one happened to be Pride, can have the day. And there's no controversy. There's no... It's just ridiculous. So the NHL needs better training of players for media. <laughs> And needs to do better themselves. So it's just, it's, it's a circus show. Nobody yeah. knows, seems to know what they're doing. Speaking of circus shows, uh, Corey Perry is, you know, finds himself in the middle of another circus show. I don't like this guy at all. I really can't stand this guy. He's a, <laughs> he's a pest. He's, uh, he's someone that I never liked playing on any other team. And I was always happy when he got knocked out of playoffs or whatever. Cause I just, it's like watching Brad Marchand cry. Okay. It's one of those things for me. So, uh, yeah, not a huge fan of this guy, but uh, apparently Corey Perry 
put on waivers, unconditional waivers for the purpose of uh, contract termination. Um, and I guess if he gets, if he doesn't get claimed, they're going to contract him. If he gets claimed, uh, or they're going to terminate him. If he does get claimed, great. Um, although I don't know how many people are going to want to claim this guy. There were reports that there was uh, some issue um, that was inappropriate, if we shall say. Um, I don't know. Aaron, how, how, how deep into this do you want to explain? Well, there's a big rumor going around that's apparently very untrue. So, in fact, who was it uh, just commented about it in here saying, Noah Claxton yeah. report says that Perry's contract termination stemmed from an issue with a team employee last week, not Bedard's mom, like everyone keeps saying it is. The jokes are just flying on Twitter. And many reputable journalists have come out saying it's absolutely bogus and it's disgusting. Even the GM came out today of Chicago to come out probably because of all these rumors going around and just ridiculous um, to at least denounce that and say it's absolutely untrue and it's disgusting that it's out there and it should not be out there. Um, I don't know if we'll ever know what really happened. Um, I believe that it was not involving Bedard's mom. Um, I think that's just, it's funny. And so it took off. It got legs because it's funny. And it just coincided. You know, it's conspiracy theory. Like, oh, it happened to be a mom's trip last week. You know, why why did they put those two together? I don't know. So um, it's ridiculous. And he's going to get terminated. And I don't see anyone, uh, depending on what it was. Now, uh, I'm guessing it wasn't criminal. There's no charges being involved. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. It's such a wide range. And also coming from the Chicago Blackhawks, who had problems in the past with Aldrich. Yeah, with um, all kinds of stuff. So it's, of course, it's Chicago. Of course, it's the Blackhawks. Of course, they're probably trying to get out in front of whatever it is. And what was, I watched the press conference with, with uh, the Chicago GM. And he, at one point, was like, he was like, it was, it was very disturbing what we found out. Um, and it's it's really affected us in the last 24 hours. So, I don't know what it is, but it sounds 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 really bad. Um, and I, I again, I'm not going to speculate on what it could be because it, it's such a wide range of things that it could that it could be. Um, but it's internal. And he was also asked if the team knew, like all the other players knew what it was, and he said no, that the players don't know. So I don't know if that's true, and he's just shielding them from you know the players getting asked questions or not. But um, I tend to I don't know, kind of believe that. So something happened. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I'm uh, personally like the GM has to come out and say those things, whether or not any there is any truth to what those rumors were, and we won't beat around the bush. Basically, there's. Uh, Corey Perry and Connor Bedard's mom uh, engaging in pleasantries. First of all, if it's two consenting adults, who cares, right? Uh, number one. Number two, um, why is it? Why does it have to be that Corey Perry did that? Frankly, um, solid takedown, Mrs. Bedard. If that was true, if the rumors were true, you could do a lot worse. The guy was a, a gold medalist and a, and a Stanley Cup champion. Well done. You know, uh, I just don't like that. The, the, we're looking at the story the wrong way sometimes. I think. But regardless, um, I just think, yeah, there's there probably isn't any truth to this story whatsoever. And and I don't even necessarily believe it. However, 
I also don't take the GM's word for for anything because he has to say those things. He absolutely has to. Can you imagine 18 year old kid in the NHL? And this is the, the, the first thing that happens is the first season that he's playing in the NHL. that He's got this hanging over his head. This would be with him for the rest of his life. Are you kidding me? Of course, he's going to say no, none of this is true. So whether it is or isn't, yes, the GM has to say this. So I really don't have I don't put any stake in what the guy says anyway. Um, but yeah, absolutely. This, I don't think that there's any truth behind this anyway. Um, I'm sure it was just something that had happened, um, you know, behind closed doors. Cause if it was out of practice, media would have saw something happening at the practice and they would have something to say about it. Uh, it probably had, had to do with something in the locker room, something that was, um, you know, um, just inappropriate. So, I mean, again, Aaron, who knows what it is. We're not going to speculate on that, but, um, yeah, just kind of a, a weird thing. And, um, I, I can't say that I feel sorry for the guy. You know, I, I, I never liked him in the first place. I don't wish any anything bad upon him. But uh, I, I this to me, I, I never liked Corey Perry in the first place. Patrick Cabral says Corey Perry is Paul's guilty pleasure. You are still wrong. You are 100% wrong. I would I would not. I wouldn't want this guy on my team. Uh, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with him. I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. Absolutely freaking embarrassing. There you go. Uh, okay, so done with the whole Corey Perry thing. Uh, but yeah, apparently that's that's what was going on. Uh, don't believe the rumors. I'm I'm sure they're not true. And as far as the players in, in, who on Chicago knowing the situation or not knowing the situation, I guarantee you somebody does. Uh, and and again, the GM is just saying that you know don't bother talking to our players about it. Basically, is what it comes down to. Um, but hey, good on them. Whatever. Anyway, uh, I guess we can go talk about Sharks just a little bit more before we, we end the show here. So let's talk about some upcoming games, Aaron. We've got Thursday in Boston, 4 p.m. game, of course, because East Coast. We've got Friday in New Jersey, Sunday in New York against the Rangers. And those are all, again, 4 p.m., 4 p.m., 3 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit, little bit after lunch, a little bit before dinner. Just get ready to watch some hockey. Boston has not been playing very well. Really? Yeah, they've been kind of on a little bit of a slide here. So, uh, I mean, they're five, three, and two, but they're not when they were dominant here. So, um, but the Sharks are horrendous on the road; have gotten zero points in nine games. So, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, the New Jersey game looks like a scheduled kind of loss in a way, maybe not so bad because it's going from Boston to New Jersey. Would have been better if it was New York to New Jersey, but hey, I don't make the schedule. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how they fare against the Devils because they're also not dominant as everyone thought they would be. New, Jer- New Jersey Devils are only 10-9-1. So they're kind of right in the middle of the pack, even a little bit less than the middle of the pack. Um, so I think Sharks are going to be playing Slump Buster a lot for these teams. Uh, the Rangers on Sunday at 3, that's going to be a tough one. The Rangers are pretty good. And um, Shesterkin is back, their goalie. So um, I don't expect wins out of any three of these games or any points i think that streak of oh for whatever on the road is going to continue i'm with you on this one um and i'm i'm gonna be honest with you again i i hope we we we're oh for pretty much the entire season here um i would be nice to get one or two here there just kind of boost some morale but uh yeah i i don't i don't want points at this point in the season like i'm i'm happy just being right at the bottom right where we are just cuddle up with a blanket and sit right there at the bottom. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on this one. I don't think, I don't think we take any of these games. I think we, uh, 
we, we get a big goose egg in all of these. Do you think we'll at least score some goals, Aaron? Do you think there's a little bit of offense to be found here, or are we just going to get absolutely lambasted for uh, these three games? Yes, if they weren't playing New Jersey on a back-to-back, I feel like that's the one that they would win because New Jersey, just their goaltending has not been good. So I'm fully expecting Blackwood to be starting in that game because he's going to want to prove that he could beat them in New Jersey mm-hmm. and stick it to him. So my guess would be Kakanen for Boston game. Um, and then we have uh, Blackwood for both New Jersey and the Rangers game. That would be my, if I were the coach, that's what I would do. But um, I mean, that'd be kind of mean if Kakanen was playing New Jersey. Yeah. Um, CJ has called me this a couple of times. Paul Stradamus. Uh, he, he wants my prediction. I guess, uh, I said the, the, what do you call it? Um, the, the shutout streak or something was going to end against Tampa at that time. I forget what it was. Um, but oh, I, see, yeah. I said something to that effect uh, and he, he remembers that I got that one right. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Predictions for this. You know what, Aaron, I do like what you said about Mackenzie Blackwood and I forgot that Mackenzie Blackwood is just an absolute G. So, uh gosh you know that friday game if we're gonna win a game i think i think he might be right on this one in terms of Mackenzie blackwood and i think he might will the sharks to their first oh i can't believe i'm saying this their first road win of the season (laughs) in this game on friday against new jersey i think it'll be a low scoring affair i don't know for sure but uh i'm feeling that if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen on that new jersey game uh so I don't know. We'll see. Okay, uh, Aaron, we've also got uh, something here about the December 21st game against the Phoenix Coyotes looking far into the future on this one. But there's a special reason. Go ahead. Uh, For all you Bellarmine alumni, they're going to do an event there where uh, before the game, there is uh, the Phoenix Coyotes president is Javier Gutierrez, and he's a class of 91 from Bellarmine. So there's going to be a reception beforehand. You can buy tickets through the Bellarmine website, I think it is. Um, so you get to meet and greet with Javier Gutierrez, who I've actually met before when I worked at Bellarmine, we had an event, um, where we would have an alum come in and talk to the seniors and then we'd have alumni sit with the seniors, kind of do like a, uh, I forget what we called it. It was a luncheon for, for jobs essentially. So like if a kid was interested in going into being a lawyer, we'd bring in a lawyer to the table and talk. Then we had a speaker come in and Javier was one of them. So it was cool to hear him talk and I got to meet him. This is a long time ago. Um, and this is well before he was even really, I don't think he was into hockey at that point or, um, like in the, in the business side of it. So, um, the fact that he's the president of the coyotes is pretty cool. So he is, um, he will be there and be able to meet and greet. So looking forward to that. I'm sure, I think we'll see if we can get Paul out there. I know me and Jason are going to go, so we'll be at that game. Uh, it's a Thursday night and it's that Thursday before Christmas. Chris is on that Monday. So, um, if you're in town and you're looking forward to hopefully a good game against the coyotes, uh, come check it out and we'll be there. Sean Savage is so snapped. I have to fly back to San Jose for that game. I was thinking of going to the Arizona game here. You know, I was talking about, I would love to go to Mullet arena to go see the sharks play. I don't know if I could probably not this season. I think next season will be better for the sharks and in general, just like for their roster. So I think it'll be a little more exciting to go. Maybe, Musty and Will Smith will be on the team at that point. Mm. Who knows? So that would be a bit more exciting to go watch. But Mold Arena only seats 4,000 people. So I it's, think, yeah. It's slightly smaller than what the Barracuda currently have. 
So um, to go to an NHL game like that would be amazing. Um, plus, I've only been to Arizona like once before, so I'd like to go and spend like a, a day or two and and go watch the Sharks. I think it'd be fun and it'd be cheap and easy because Southwest flies right there. So direct flights from San Jose. Sean says um, it's 5,000 in mullet. They only play once in Arizona this year. Yeah, I'll probably go next season. Uh, not this season, but that'd be fun. Very good. Well, guys, I think this is the end of the show. Aaron, any other comments in here that you wanted to uh, to call out specifically? Or No, just going back to New Jersey. Um, it's funny. Timo Meyer is the highest paid forward on that team. Did you know that? Wow. That's crazy. Because Jack Hughes just signed a huge contract, and he's getting $8 million. Timo's getting 8.8. Wow. For a long time, too. I think that salary or that... Um, contract was not a good contract someone was saying he's on the ir yeah no he's back i was just looking that's one of the reasons i looked uh he is no longer on the ir so he's back and he'll be in the lineup uh the next the highest paid player on that team is dougie hamilton the defenseman he's got another five years at nine million So I know I, already said, I went I went back on my thoughts on the New Jersey and, and said that that might be the one. But if Timo is playing, he might have something to prove too. this is going to be a very interesting game. Yeah, there's going to be some emotion fun. in this game. It'll be fun. Yeah. New Jersey is a fun team to watch, too, because they're so young and so talented and so good um, that it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be fun to see Blackwood rob some people. <laughs> Sorry, my Joe Thornton just fell off. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that I think is going to go ahead and do it for episode number 190. Guys, thank you so much for being in the chat and and uh, giving us lots of great comments. Uh, jumping on the roll call. We even had a uh, super chat. It was Noah Claxton today. Thank you so much uh, for supporting the show, Noah. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to do, again, the same thing Noah didn't support the show, you could do that with the super chat function. You can also go onto Venmo at The Fin Factor, or you can visit the website as Superducer Jason has down here, thefinfactor.com. You can check out any of the merch that we have for sale, hats, shirts, water bottles, got it, um, fanny packs, sweatshirts, all kinds of different stuff that we have there, stickers for your toasters. Um, so yeah, you can check out any of that stuff and anything that you do purchase there obviously does help support the show and uh, hopefully uh, backfills some of the amount that we spent on getting the, uh, the, the set up and going. So, <laughs> which will happen very soon. I, I maybe, maybe next show. I don't know. What do you think? Next Aaron? week. Next this week. week? Okay, Aaron's next saying week. this week, Super Producer Jason it might make his head a little bit smaller. We don't know. Uh, but yeah. Well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have, uh, we would have started off better. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, he's got so many new clips to play with. I love it. Uh, and Peter St. John says, that sounds sketchy, Aaron. I can't believe they have those that they have New those Jersey. contracts. Which oh, Devils. the New Jersey contracts. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, never mind. Thought we were talking about something else for a second there. But anyway, again, we do appreciate you guys so much for being here. I know the Sharks are horrible this season, but <laughs> this little therapy session I think is good for everybody. So we're certainly enjoying it, and uh, we appreciate you guys being here. So for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul, and I'm Aaron, and we will see you guys from the set next week. Apparently from the set next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I don't want to hear about freaking fragile, okay? (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. 
If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.